We're going to look in Hebrews this morning, which is a book written to, you know, primarily Christians, written to encourage us to keep going on, not to give up. And so we're going to read uh, just seven verses there uh, today. So starting in verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10, we read this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That's all one sentence, by the way. (laughs) Verse uh, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, the last day, capital D day, as you see that time approaching. And a lot of us get very fatigued in our relationship with God, in our spirit, to, to keep fed, to keep healthy spiritually. Sometimes we just maybe want to quit because we face various tem- uh, temptations to quit, dangers that lead us to quit. Let me, this, this passage of scripture, I think, has at least three dangers that it addresses with these let us do this sort of thing. This is one of those times in the scripture where there's a bunch of, hey, let us do this. Anytime a biblical writer concludes a section and then repeats, we all need to do this, it's worth like noticing what it's there for. In verse 19, the word is therefore. So reading the book of Hebrews, you see that it's clearly spelled out that Jesus is the the great high priest. The name of the book of Hebrews isn't just a guy who makes coffee, Hebrews. Get it? You got it. Um, it's, It's written to the Hebrews, to the Israelites, and so he's proving, you've been doing this for thousands of years, an offering of sacrifices, a line of priests. He says, now in Jesus, we have a final great high priest. So don't quit. Three of the dangers that lead us to quit is first, when we do something wrong, we say, man, I have just chapped my relationship with God. Or second, we just seem to kind of get distracted. That's a dangerous thing. We can lose our focus on our relationship with God. Or third, we can get isolated and start feeling kind of weak. Do you know somebody who's facing one of those dangers? Maybe all three. They've sinned, or they're distracted, or they, they're just kind of isolating themselves. Maybe it's somebody here today. Maybe it's you. I want you to think, as we look at the scripture this morning, what can I do as part of that? But I want you to see verses 19 through 21. There's kind of four different sections here. First is, is this. Jesus has done everything needed for us to have a good relationship with God. Because he, has ent- because he is the great high priest, because a new and living way has been opened up for us. We sang earlier in a song, the veil has been torn. When Jesus died on the cross, it says in Mark chapter 15, 
that the curtain that separated the most holy place from the rest of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And so Jesus has done everything possible so that that his presence can fill our lives. In verse 22, we'll see that when we sin, we just got to draw near to God. In verse 23, we're going to see, don't swerve. Don't get distracted. Hold fast. And then in verses 24 and 25, when you feel weak, stir up each other, help each other to keep believing. So before we get to the let us statements or the let us patch, you, we have to see that we have a great high priest. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, this is a, a theme that is repeated throughout the book. It says in verse 15, we don't have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to pray for us. God, (laughs) I don't want to do it, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, God, Robin, would you pray for us? Man, thank you, sister. So we can have confidence not in what we have done. There's three let us do these things in this passage, and that's where a lot of us want to skip to in the Bible. Let me just get to the spots in the Bible that tell me, let's do this. But we don't want to see what it's there for. And the reason we can do some of the three things that, that, that we're going to see in this passage that Christians are called to do is because of Jesus, trusting what he has done for us. This is how we start as Christians, and this is how we grow as Christians. And so it says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings. There is a confidence with which we can approach the throne of Jesus Christ. We don't have to be afraid, but we can be confident not because we feel that way. Some of you feel confident to to pass an exam, and you should not feel confident to pass that exam. And when you get it back, you realize, I should not have felt confident in that situation. Confidence isn't just how I feel. It's, It's about what is actually true. I was just a teenager when my, my wife, Jill, became uh, my girlfriend. And the only reason I asked her to be my girlfriend, well, I liked her, but the only reason I asked was because of Adrian Schaff, who told me, you know Jill likes you, right? Oh. And so, you know, at 15 years old, hey, Jill, will you be my girlfriend? I had a confidence about it. I don't, I don't know how some of you do it. To just even ask somebody on a date, let alone be a, be a girlfriend, boyfriend sort of thing. I got that over with when I was 15 years old, thankfully. I'm a simple person. God knew I needed to deal with some things in, in simple ways. And so, but I wouldn't have asked except that I had the confidence. Not in how I felt. I knew how I felt. I didn't know how she felt. 
But then when it came time to, to propose, I don't know when it comes time, but when it, when it, was, it seemed like the time had fully come, I knew that I wanted to marry this girl. But it wasn't just that I knew I wanted to marry her. I knew she wanted to marry me. And so that was a confidence that I had. It's not just one way. So we have a confidence in God that we can draw close to him. When we mess up, God says, come close. That is the opposite of what the devil wants you to do. When you mess up, the devil says, yo, you better get away. But what God says, let's draw near with a sincere heart, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, not just clean us. We've been forgiven of our sins because of what Jesus did so perfectly when he offered himself as the great high priest and as the great sacrifice. Now the, the Jews would have been hearing the sprinkling, this blood that, that has covered them, the washing that comes. There is an assurance we are to have of our relationship with God, but not an arrogance. Not just, oh, I, the God I've imagined loves that I do these things. When something goes wrong, and, and of course all Christians will sin, that's a fact of life, but it doesn't make it any less serious. Sin is serious. Willful transgression of a known law of God, that's sin. It doesn't just affect us, it affects those around us, and it's easy to, to just want to give up and not draw near to God. Now, God does not tolerate sin he does better. He forgives it. He cleanses us. He purifies us. Even our conscience. Satan, who is very real, he wants us to not focus on our sin. But if we do notice it, he wants it to just ruin our conscience so that that guilt can separate us from God. But as we grow in Christ, we should, one, sin less, but two, it should take less time for us to come back to him because he's received us time and time again when we mess up, when we sin, draw near to God. You'll see in verses 19 through 25 that there is a difference between somebody assured of their salvation when you compare it to verses 26 through 31, which we're not going to get into, somebody who is presumptuous about God. Well, God's going to forgive me, so I'll just, I'll just do this anyway. We should not have that confidence. That's presumption. Verse 23, the second, let us, this is practical, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promised is faithful. Unswervingly, that's a word we use all the time, right? It's, it's, it's a unique word there that says we are not going to recline. We're not going to bow. We're not going to take it easy. You know, Satan can harm our relationship with God. Our relationship with God, whether it's Satan or just ourselves, it can be harmed not just by sin, but by distraction. You know all distractions? They're not sinful. Well, it's not bad to have that, but it's a waste. Obviously, I, I haven't done a lot of running but I remember in sixth grade when they make you run. Why are you laughing? Yes, God gave me a body that's more suited to win hot dog eating contests, but it is a competition. 
But when you would run, I, re I remember that it was important to not just go wherever. It was, you know, stay in your lane if that was the event. But if you're running the mile, you don't want to waste a bunch of energy. Is it legal to run back and forth? Sure. But it's a waste. Is it legal to, to sit down during the mile run and just catch your breath? Yeah, that's legal. It's not against the rules as far as I know. But let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, our belief. Not hope as the world would define it is, um, this might happen, but it might not. The hope, the faith that is, is spoken about here is a settled certainty, a confident expectation based on the promises of God. Not just, that's how I feel, but based on the promises of God, his promises are here. There's a probably print off a, a big long sheet of paper with all of the promises of God. We've got to hold fast, not swerve. Verses 24 and 25 have the last let us. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I need somebody else to pray for me as I finish this last point. Volunteer? Marv's got me. Thanks, brother. God, I pray that as your word is unfolded, Lord, it would sink deep into our hearts. God, your word is powerful. Sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord, dividing soul and spirit, piercing. Lord, do surgery in our hearts right now through your word. Open us up, God. Make us tender and receptive to what you're trying to say to us right now, God. Don't let us leave this place the same way we came in, but let us be transformed in this moment right now. God, let your spirit do the work. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Isolation can cause you to drift away from Jesus. If you are on your own and feeling weak, we are called to meet together, to encourage one another. This is not written to ministers who have badges. We are called to spur one another on, to prod each other on. When we meet together, this isn't just Sunday morning. We're to be, this is the attitude, is to be looking how we can serve other people. Some of us come when we get together with other Christians and go, I wonder if I'm going to like it now. Am I going to enjoy this? As, as our brother Isaac talked to us last week, our attitude is to be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who was a servant. So to me, that means, you know who is the least important person in the church? Me. And you can say the same thing too. You, it's not about you when we gather together. Our attitude is to be spurring one another on, to push each other. Now, some of you are good at stirring the pot. That's not what this means. You need to leverage those tendencies to think. It says to consider, to think about new ways to encourage each other, to, to, to fan into flame, to poke the fire. You know the thing about fire is, you just leave it alone, it tends to die down. 
But there are some people who can walk up to a fire and with one stick can poke that thing, get some air on those coals, and just get that thing ablazing. But then there's people who just like to poke at the fire. Knock that off. Leave it alone. Some of you, you were once ablaze. That would be your spiritual autobiography in two words. Once ablaze. But then something happened. You get over it? I don't want to get over it. If Jesus has really saved my soul, if this time here on earth is just like a nanosecond compared to all of eternity, why would I get over the fact that I have been saved, not by my own power or might or my own works, but saved by one who gave his only son for me? It's simple with John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. If we are among those who have been rescued from perishing, we might want to smile about it. But instead, our attitude towards worship is no good. We don't want to meet together. You know, one place I don't like to meet anymore is Red Wing Games. When I was little, my dad would take us to Red Wing games. I I was born in Petoskey, and then we moved down uh, near Detroit, and uh, it was in the 80s, so they were the Dead Wings. This was before 20 years of going to the playoffs together. So tickets were cheap, and we would go. Dad carried me on the shoulders uh, from where we'd park. My dad would always, I don't think we ever paid for parking at a sporting event. We're going to walk. And so we would would walk, and and, uh, the only time I'd see my parents sin was we would sneak licorice into the, into the Joe Lewis arena. You're not supposed to bring outside food, but licorice, it, we just didn't count that. Um, we'd go, but I don't want to go anymore. Because the last time I went to a Red Wings game, I had to walk. I had to walk from really far away. I had to park really far away. And then when I got to the door, they asked me for money. And the seats were uncomfortable. It was really crowded. And nobody talked to me. I mean, there were kids crying. They were playing songs over the loudspeaker. I couldn't understand all the words. I didn't like all of the songs. They weren't the songs they used to play. The the referee would make calls I, I, I didn't agree with. The games were too long. Times of the day, I'd rather be sleeping. Huh. Not really talking about Red Wings games, am I? Some of us, we don't meet together with other Christians because we, we've got excuses about stuff. But have you ever thought about spurring somebody on? We need to be together. Maybe you haven't been to church in 10 weeks. Surprise, God knew you would be here. Um, it's, and, and you may feel discouraged and isolated. Well, it's been hard to encourage you when you don't meet with Christians. It's hard. Yeah, we, we should be looking for who's not here and going and encouraging them. But we should be looking for ways to love, to encourage one another to, uh, what's it say? Um, spur one another on towards love, which is an inward thing, and good deeds, which is an external thing. Um, love first, good deeds. Let me just name a good deed. Um, a good external thing that should happen in the body of Christ, cheer. Um, Ladies, uh, sit out this one. You know what looks really good on men? 
cheerfulness, a smile. Not just when we worship, but all the time. I don't know who um, put a curse on the UP men, but I want to free you. (laughs) I mean, truly, in the name of Jesus, guys, what is wrong with you? Let's be cheerful. It, it's not cool to be grumpy. I don't know who lied to you and told you that. I don't know if somebody spanked you for smiling when you were young or hugged you too much or too little. But please understand that God's love could show up on your face. And I just, uh, there's other good deeds we got to encourage one another to. Um, let me just warn you that we don't need to do it with guilt. Leave that one up to the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, if he tells you something you got to do, you got to be part of it. But uh, we got to have more tools in the toolbox to spur one another on. So think about ways you can encourage one another. Just last week here at church, somebody said to me, hey, um, you losing weight? I have a new favorite shirt now. Um, <laughs> you know, um, not that it's a lot of fun to have other people monitoring your weight, um, but, uh, oh, i got to let it out, sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it was an encouraging word. I was glad to be in the house of the Lord that day. Um, encouraged towards love and towards good deeds. There's a lot of dangers that would help, that would, that would stop us from, from growing, um, from continuing to go as Christians. Um, Sin, losing our focus, and making a habit. This is somewhere in the habit of not meeting together with Christians. That's a bad habit. Who do you know who's facing those dangers? Is it somebody around you? Is it somebody here today? Is it you? We need to trust what Jesus has done for us. We need to do, if he's done those things, then let us do these things. Let us do these things. Let's pray together, and we like to leave God's house singing. We're going to do that. God, um, you're a lot of fun. Um, may we hold on to you, God, white-knuckled, holding fast, not swerving. God, some of us are doing some things that we can justify, but they, it's, it's actually reclining and it's wavering. Help us to get super serious about the one who was super serious about us, giving his only son. God, would we, wow, just respect that with a life that acknowledges that we have been bought at a precious price. The blood of Jesus Christ. So God, help us to keep our focus. Help us to draw close to you. Even when, Father, sin is revealed and guilt is heavy, our conscience is heavy. Father, help us to know that you cleanse that stuff. And we can draw close to you. Be our strength. Be our our lighthouse. Father, be our healer. Help us to draw near, hold fast, and stir up each other. May we 
not think about how this might apply to others, God, this morning, but apply it to our hearts, we pray.